Hi, everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rokraut. And today we have a very special episode planned. We are celebrating May Dunaway. This is our journey through Faye Dunaway's filmography in the month of May. The great Faye Dunaway, one of my favorites. And we will be talking about two of her earlier film roles. The first, Bonnie and Clyde, where she got her first Best Actress nomination. And the second movie we'll be discussing is 1970's Puzzle of a Downfall Child, which I think is a rarer film in Faye Dunaway's filmography, but still just an exceptional performance nonetheless. Yes, and you have a deeper connection, a longer relationship with Faye than I do. But I am excited. Once I started going on these movies, I was ready for more. So I'm excited to see. I know you mentioned like Three Days of the Condor before. And from all of our polls on Patreon and Twitter, we got lots of responses about Thomas Crown Affair and Network, which we've discussed previously. But I'm just ready to steamroll through the campy filmography of Faye Dunaway. (laughs) Oh my god, this is one of the most exciting things that you've ever shared with me, (laughs) because I am obsessed with Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway, Diane Keaton, and Jane Fonda are my holy trinity of actresses. Like I I love them all so much, so the fact that you also loved Faye's work makes me very excited. And I feel like, yes, you know, she, her reputation precedes her. I think now when you think of Faye Dunaway, you think of her berating employees or messing up the Moonlight La La Land Oscars. Like, she is sort of Mm -hmm. known for being challenging and difficult to work with. I think it's interesting to think about her early career, though, and how sometimes directors and actors would talk about how difficult she was to work with and how devoted she was to her craft and how they would have to do take after take sometimes so she could really nail down her process. And some of that, I do wonder, you know, like if a man were doing that, would it be the Mm -hmm. same? You know, like would people be criticizing him? Because we hear these stories time and time again of men on set and the behavior that they get away with and not to excuse anything that Faye has done, but just to reframe it a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I don't think we hear about, rumors quote-unquote of this type of behavior as much with men but it's also funny that she in an interview was like was i a diva Uh, i didn't really i mean it may have come off like that sometimes and then she says i'm crazy to getting it as good as it can be like explaining her behavior as if she had like recounted this at home and made it okay somehow Yeah, so there's actually a great interview with Faye Dunaway at the TCM Film Festival. Ben Mankiewicz interviews her, and she talks a lot about her background in the theater and how when you're a theater actress, you never get bored. People ask, like, why would you, you know, do you get bored doing the same thing night after night? And she's like, no, that's how you find out you're devoted to the craft. And every, every single performance is different. And the way that she talks about her roles and... Just her experience acting, I think, is very intense. And I think sometimes that can be a lot for people. And it also, it comes through in just about every single role Mm -hmm. that she's taken. 
which is one of the reasons why I think I'm so drawn to her as an actress. Didn't she get fired from her one woman Broadway show? Yeah, though? you know the you know the story behind this. My, my source is, <laughs> I mean, my source is Wendy Williams, so I don't think it's saying much. But she basically was just saying everything was alleged, even though they had pretty clear sources on the material, and that she had people on all fours on stage. She sounds like Logan Roy. <laughs> she really does. There you go. That's our comparison. Apparently, the show is called Tea at Five, which is Mm -hmm. also hilarious. But Eric shared with us on Twitter this IndieWire article from Ryan Latanzio titled Legendary Hollywood Diva Faye Dunaway being sued for calling assistant a, quote, little homosexual boy. (laughs) Oh, this woman. Yeah. I take like workplace behavior very seriously and try to be very professional. But I will say, I would love to be yelled at by Faye Dunaway, personally. (laughs) That's just like a badge of honor. Like at this point, it's happened so much. It's just camp. It's just what she does. And is it like, is it an insult, really? (laughs) So the futurist who loves Faye Dunaway as well, one of our listeners, shared today another podcast with a great Faye Dunaway story that we highly recommend. This is, The podcast is called Movies That Made Us Gay. And on this episode, we can link it in the description. One of the hosts tells a story about when he ran into Faye Dunaway at Arclight. And they were sitting next to each other for a screening of Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> and... The story is too good for me to recount here. Go listen to it. We'll put the timestamp mm-hmm. again in the description. But she has car trouble. She's yelling at someone on her phone about the car trouble. She didn't stay for the entirety of Slumdog Millionaire, which makes me wonder, like, did she vote for Benjamin Button? Was she a fan of the reader? I can't really see that. <laughs> but yeah, the woman, there's so much mystery around her. But I think in all seriousness, it's easy to joke about Faye Dunaway and her persona now and the scandals that surround her and just how people talk about her. But mm-hmm. at her core, she really is just such an explosive actor. And that's one of the reasons why I love her so much. There's just something so beguiling about her. And I think it's impossible not to be drawn in by her, especially in these early performances that we'll be talking about today. I think she's just such a perfect actress for the time. So for the 60s into the 70s, it's such a seminal time in American film history. And Faye Dunaway was an actress who was really at the center of so much of that. And, you know, the 60s into the 70s, everything felt more live and a bit riskier and more dangerous. And She really was, I think, the perfect actor to channel all of that. You know, she's in a prescient satire-like network. She's in a movie that changed American cinema forever in Bonnie and Clyde, really, with the introduction to the new Hollywood. And then in solidifying the new Hollywood and changing everything again with Chinatown. So it's crazy, I think, when you look at lists like the AFI Top 100 or these lists of the greatest films of all time... In this period, Faye Dunaway really is at the center of all of that. And I don't really think there are that many actors who have that sort of quality where they just have an incredibly striking face 
that is paired with so much talent. I think she's mm-hmm. sort of like the second coming of Garbo. That's probably the closest I can think of comparison wise mm-hmm. to Faye. Yeah, there is just such a raw and natural beauty in Bonnie and Clyde that I wasn't only mystified by her performance, but it felt like that was just who she was. Like she wasn't playing a character. It was so real. And despite everything you've heard, you believe the performance so much. And yeah, I just fell into this so easily. And I really, I agree. I do think she fits the time so well. Like when we meet her in the beginning in Body and Clyde, she's so bored and you can see that. And she just so easily goes away with Clyde. And that sounds like such an insane thing to do, but you just believe it. She's just so convincing that you get swept away with the story in this relationship and where they go. So I guess before we get into the movie, let's intro it a little bit. So Bonnie and Clyde came out in 1967. The description here in the 1930s, bored waitress Bonnie Parker falls in love with an ex-con named Clyde Barrow, and together they start a violent crime spree through the country, stealing cars and robbing banks. It was directed by Arthur Penn and stars Faye Dunaway, Warren Beatty, Michael J. Pollard, Estelle Parsons, Gene Hackman, and more. This won two Oscars, supporting actress for Parsons in cinematography, and was nominated for eight others, including picture, director, actor for Beatty, actress for Dunaway, supporting actor for Hackman, supporting actor for Pollard, story and screenplay written directly for the screen, and costume design. So this was a big film. It had a lot of Oscar nominations. And for being such a clear vision of New Hollywood, I think this was an important turning point that we look back on now as an Oscar loser, but as deserving as In the Heat of the Night. Definitely. I love Bonnie and Clyde. And I think we should talk about this movie again, maybe in another episode, because this is such a fascinating Best Picture year. So if you're interested in this year, specifically 1967, Mark Harris wrote a fabulous book. It's called Pictures at a Revolution, Five Movies and the Birth of the New Hollywood. So it goes through this year and why it's so important where you have In the Heat of the Night, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Bonnie and Clyde, The Graduate, Mm. and Dr. Doolittle, and how these five movies as a group really show the, the old guard and the new and how things were changing and Bonnie and Clyde was one of those movies that really indicated that this shift was happening. And well, first, I have to say, I love the tagline of Bonnie and Clyde. They're young, Mm -hmm. they're in love, they rob banks. It's just perfect. I think it's a wonderful tagline. But this movie, you know, it, it really offended audiences at the time. And it was so different from what American moviegoers were used to. And it felt very dangerous. Like you think of how violent it is, you think about how these characters... They're sort of anti-heroes mm-hmm. in a way. Like they're they're living in the Great Depression, but in 1967, the Great Depression wasn't that long ago for viewers. Like it really was a time that wasn't 90 years ago like it is for us. Like it was it was pretty fresh for them. And so it was intense for them to experience this and that level of violence and like seeing people like that on screen in that way. And it just kind of reminded me of where we are today in movies and sometimes like how people react to films that they deem like too violent or problematic and the things that people latch onto and how 
they criticize films for specific things. But I think this movie feels so European. And part of that is because before Arthur Penn signed on to direct, it was offered to Truffaut and Godard. And this movie does have that French New Wave feel to it. Yeah, you feel that in the editing. I feel in that naturalism of the actors and just what they're doing. It's a road movie. It's a crime Mm -hmm. film. But the shooting, the action, the violence all feels real. And a lot of people say the ending is the most violent, the most bloody. And, you know, in today's standards, I was like, that's the ending. It's not that bloody, but that ending also, the quick chaotic editing between their eyes and then to the bushes and the guns and Mm -hmm. seeing them shot up. That is the French new wave. Like that is what Europe was doing at the time. And it's crazy that they went to those directors and they passed on it because they didn't trust in Hollywood. But it's also ironic that, you know, Hollywood was looking and taking from these people as well. Yeah. It's like um, American cinema really had to get on board. And this was big movie for that i think it was it was definitely one of the first movies that sort of Mm -hmm. got us going into the 70s like that's why it's such a an important decade for me like in my film education but it's funny to think you mentioned the ending and a faye dunaway movie we're not going to be talking about in this series because we'll talk about it next year when it turns 50 Mm -hmm. chinatown that has a devastating ending one that when i first saw it i couldn't really believe that it ended that way. And this film, I think, has a similar way that it just ends. And you have to just, you have to sit with it. The way that the camera mm-hmm. just cuts to the people looking yeah. at their bodies. And then just cut to black credits. That feels so different from any anything that had been done really before mm-hmm. in American films. So... I completely get its importance, and while it's not my favorite film of the year, my favorite film of the year is The Graduate, I do think it really holds up, and it's one that should be studied, not just for its importance in how the film is made and where it brought us in the following decade, but because of Faye Dunaway's performance. And yes, this movie is called Bonnie and Clyde, like it's technically a co-lead situation and i do think the warm baby is a lead but this movie is bonnie and clyde not clyde and bonnie like she completely steals the show i think anytime they're on screen together one i mean they are just an incredibly beautiful pair like they are just very hot we do not have actors working today who could pull this off i don't think with the same level of looks and acting ability I fully believe that, but I can't believe this is her first lead role in a movie. No, me neither. But when you watch it, you'd believe it. How hadn't she been doing this all along? I mean, her line is just so iconic. I know it's part of the tagline, but it's her introducing themselves, which is crazy. Just the infamy of, you know, celebrity, I guess at that time, but she goes, I'm Bonnie Parker, and this is Clyde Barrow, and we rob banks. And it's just such a simple setup for what they end up doing. And she's proud of that moment and who she is and who they are. And the way the movie shares their relationship and their hardships together, 
it does feel so new for a movie that like even today would feel new. Yeah, and I think just like even the way the film opens with her lying naked on the bed and then going over to the window and seeing him at the car, she does just have that like striking French new wave face. Mm -hmm. But like you mentioned with her, so much of it is just in her eyes and it's how she connects with the camera. And you fully believe that this woman wants to, and that's what makes, I think, the role of Bonnie feels so heartbreaking in a different way than her other roles is that you understand that she is willing to just do anything to leave her life behind. She thinks there's something better out there for her. And you understand like why she's drawn to Clyde and why she's, she's pulled in to this life, but there's something more to it. And there are many, I think beautiful moments of her throughout the film with like her poetry and Things like that, where you, I think, feel Mm -hmm. like Faye really understands Bonnie as a woman. You feel like she completely gets that character and she just brings so much to her, I think. The other part to the story is that it's a true story and they were playing real people. Mm -hmm. You know, they were the most wanted, most notorious couple of the 30s. So I think to play a role like that would be so challenging, but... We're talking about their relationship, and I think the devastation of it all also is one that, yes, we know that they're going to die. They're criminals. They're being followed in so many states, wherever they are, and it's kind of surprising they make it as far as they do. But two, they're just, again, so happy to be together on this path together. Like, she even goes to her mom's house to see her, and she misses her, and is excited to share the life that they've made together. But you also, in all of these moments, feel that it has to end and that it can't go on forever. Yeah, you you always feel like, I think when you have, and some movies do this much more successfully than others, but when you have like a couple on the run, you feel this sort of, this energy. And the acting, I think, matches that. And Faye Dunaway, I think she just... One of the things that she said about this movie was that she has never felt as close to a character as she felt to Bonnie. And she said that she was this edgy, ambitious Southern girl who wanted to get out of wherever she was. I knew everything about wanting to get out and the getting out doesn't come easy. But with Bonnie, there was a real tragic irony. She got out only to see that she was heading nowhere and that the end was death. Oof. I mean, feeling close to that is also... A bit messed up in mm-hmm. a sense. I know. Well, she is from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so, not Texas, but <laughs> she's like technically from mm-hmm. the southern part of the country and then moved up north, like moved to Boston and then to New York. So, getting out of that probably felt, I mean, she wasn't like an outlaw or anything, but probably mm-hmm. felt very real to her as a young person, like trying to find her career and try to figure out what she where she belonged and clinging to something that like wasn't always easy for her like a lot of people doubted her really early in her career and for this film even too originally Shirley MacLaine was going to be in it but then you know her and Warren Beatty being siblings that doesn't work so then she couldn't be in it and he wanted Natalie Wood to be in it and I don't think Natalie Wood works for the Mm -hmm. part at all Like, Faye Dunaway is so perfect 
as Bonnie and in, I think in, in her movies, it's funny because there's usually such an iciness to her, like a cold quality to her characters. Like she, she looks like someone. And I think that's, this is why so many people didn't know how to talk about Faye Dunaway and didn't know how to appreciate her at the time. And maybe even still today is that like, because of her, her features and because of how she carries herself, there's a certain intensity to her and sometimes that's hard for people to connect with and sometimes I think that's why she was cast in roles like Diana Network and like Evelyn Mulray in Chinatown but here as Bonnie I think she really does show like a softer side to the character which is why I think it's one of her like most compelling performances and one of my favorites it's definitely up there if I had to rank Faye Dunaway's Mm -hmm. performances only seven years later, we get Chinatown, and I also read that they had considered Jane Fonda before her, but even in this short time, this role feels like it was made for Faye, and she has this like mm-hmm. larger-than-life persona and in how she plays her characters, so it's like I couldn't see Chinatown with anybody else either. No. it's It's her movie. I think man though could have pulled it off alongside her before another woman could have pulled it off with Warren Beatty and just a little bit about awards for Faye for this movie so she won a BAFTA this year for most promising newcomer to leading film roles they also included Hurry Sundown which was one of her movies before this for this award and she was also nominated for Golden Globe actress in a drama in addition to her Oscar nomination of course she didn't win this year, sadly, but for me, it would be between her and Anne Bancroft. But I might have actually given Faye Dunaway the edge here because I really do love her in Bonnie and Clyde so much. It's one of my favorite first nominations for somebody and like not in the sense that it was their time or it took them too long to get one. Like It came at such a pivotal moment in her career and from this led her to do even stronger projects. I don't think we see that as much today, but it just catapulted her to Chinatown and then Network again within a decade to get her another nomination and a win. So if you could give this movie one Oscar, would it be Best Actress for Faye Dunaway? Yeah, I think I would. It is a wonderful movie. I love multiple parts about it that I would definitely return for, but she is just so captivating the close-up shots of her face or just her diction. If you've seen every Faye Dunaway film or you haven't seen any at all, this is a great place to return to or to start at. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is actually, if you haven't seen a Faye Dunaway movie, this is the perfect place to start because it's just, it's such a strong performance and the movie is so good too. She, as we'll talk about with the next movie, has a period in her career where things were not looking great. She was in some bad movies and she wasn't offered the best roles all of the time. So yeah, I think that this is definitely a good place to start. And she's my answer for who I would give my Oscar to as well. I feel like she steals the show for me. It is a true star is born leading performance. Okay. So getting into our next movie, we have Puzzle of a Downfall Child from 1970. 
This one's a bit harder to find, so it is not on streaming. I have the Blu-ray, thankfully, being the Faye Dunaway (laughs) fan that I am. Or you have to just get it at your library, something like that. Find it on the dark corners of the internet, wherever you find your movies. But this is about a woman named Lou Andreas Sand, who is a once famous model who recalls her past as she tries to make success in the world of modeling in New York, her stressful work days, her affair with Mark, an advertising executive, her friendship with photographer Aaron, and her downward spiral into ruin. This was directed by Jerry Schatzberg. It was his first feature. He's actually a photographer as well. And it stars Faye Dunaway, Barry Primus, Vivica Lindfors, Roy Scheider, Barry Morse, and more. For awards, this movie received a single nomination, and it was for Faye Dunaway, who was nominated for Best Actress in a Drama at the Golden Globes. The Hollywood Foreign Press loves this woman. (laughs) She has 11 Golden Globe nominations. I wish the Academy followed suit. Like, nominating her for Barfly? Please. The Academy should have done the same. Um, And for this movie as well, I have a lot to say about that, especially because I think 1970 as a Best Actress year. Wowza. Allie McGraw for Love Story. Why? Anyway, (laughs) for Puzzle of a Downfall Child, this was the first time that you'd seen this movie. What did you think of the movie? And what did you think of Faye's performance? This was my first viewing of this movie, and it will be my last but not for Faye's performance, (laughs) which I thought was just from the first moment we see her and we get these flashbacks and then we eventually circle back to where she is. But she is just, even in all the horror, a delight to watch. And this is only three years later, which is insane because I feel like she's gone through so much and it's the role and it could be partly the makeup and the costume design, but you feel more of that cutting personality that I think we know her more as now. Yeah, the movie is a tough watch for many reasons. I think that the the editing is very avant-garde. I really like the editing, but the story itself, I think, can be hard to follow because so many of the interstitials are photographs of Faye, of her character, Lou. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, Jerry Schatzberg is a photographer, but how it plays with her as a model and how it plays with her sort of as an object of everyone else's fascinations, all of their whims and desires. And it's, I think, a very harrowing movie. I think it fits really nicely into the subgenre of 70s movies that we get of like a woman Mm -hmm. unraveling. There are a lot of these that crop up in the 70s and some of them are better than others. I think Cassavetti's did a really good job with these, namely A Woman Under the Influence. I thought of that Jenna Rowland's performance a bit when I watched this. They're very, very different movies, but I think that that style of movie really comes into being in the 70s. And it's a great vehicle for actresses to really showcase everything that they can do. I think one of the best parts about this movie is that you really see Faye not just at her most alluring she's so beautiful in this movie but you see her her across Mm -hmm. decades and i always laugh at some parts of the six even when they make her look like we're supposed to believe she's at the end of her rope and really struggling she still looks so pretty (laughs) it's just so funny to me but i think you know 
what she does here, I think, is show us, like, how raw and vulnerable she can be as an actress and how she's really unafraid. And I think that's why people are scared of her. It's one of those performances that I think really shows why her fans love her as much as they do, because she just will go there when other actresses might not or might be like too afraid to take those sorts of risks. I also think the supporting performances here are good, like Vivica Lindfors and Roy Scheider. But again, like this is just Faye's show. She just overpowers everyone. And not in a bad way. Like it's it's made as a vehicle, mm-hmm. I think, for her. But she really just has that ability, I think, to command your attention in every scene. The film itself also feels kind of like a documentary. You know, we're looking at this singular Lou so much throughout the movie. We see her start her modeling career. We see her through her life, go through addiction issues, and eventually falling apart. So she gets to showcase so many facets of her acting abilities. And I think that's why, you know, I don't like the movie, but I love her performance. She's commanding, but she's still honest. And then as she starts to gain more attention by these photographers, she knows that she can get what she wants. So that's where some of it comes in, too, is because then she becomes this compulsive liar and you can't trust anything she's saying. And the editing confuses Mm -hmm. everything, too. And I'm like, who are all these men? She's being followed by some guy and it brings back her past life and there just ends up being a lot happening. But there are parts that I do like the magazine covers and how they use that as a vision to show her Mm -hmm. rise as well. And some of the close ups, like I know the extreme close up of her lips while they're shooting. Amazing. While she's on the beach and she has the gun pointed at her and she's just standing there in a swimsuit, but like shaking. There are moments that do stick with you. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like that edit mm-hmm. too, the one with the gun. I think that that one is really, really cool. One of the best the ones. The pop in the movie. of the uh-huh. light as the gunshot. Yeah, so yeah. smart, effective. Yeah, I think, and I think too, part of it is that Schatzberg, he like clearly, like as a photographer, is just so interested in style. And I think mm-hmm. that when you're when you're that interested in style, sometimes the story can get a little bit lost in that. But Faye is just so fun to watch that it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to ding it on some of these things. I feel like my my other favorite moment in the movie is when when she says she's she's only concerned about the president and the president is her cat. <laughs> and you see her pick him up. I loved that so much. It's my favorite part of the movie. And for listeners, my phone background and for you to see, my phone background is a picture of Faye from... <laughs> This movie holding her cat, the president. (laughs) I think it's worth watching if you want to watch something of hers other than the big hits. Mm -hmm. It is very different and it's not something I ever would have watched had you not recommended it. So I'm glad we did. And again, it's getting me interested in these other movies where she does work with Steve McQueen or Robert Redford. So as a Faye showcase... It's phenomenal. Another example is just her at the end scribbling as if she's writing words. And it's like, how does she do that? 
So if you could give this movie one Oscar, would it be Best Actress for Faye? Absolutely. Glenda Jackson, I do love her. I think she's wonderful. But I would give the win to Faye here. I think she's great. At least a nomination. At least mm-hmm. a nomination. Ryan's daughter? No. Yeah, I absolutely think this is a nomination-worthy performance. And I would definitely give it to Faye. Well, that was really fun. We'll have more Mae Dunaway episodes coming. But we mentioned some of these at the beginning. But did you have like a favorite Faye story from your research or anything like that that you came across that you didn't mention before? There was one is that she did an interview on the Today Show a few years ago for a movie that had just come out. But she was talking about how she wanted to get more involved in faith films and that genre, (laughs) which is something we know. (laughs) We always laugh about these. (gasps) We can't have a Faye Dunaway, Dennis Quaid feature. That cannot happen. Or a Faye Dunaway, Chrissy Metz movie. Can you imagine what the stories would be like from that set? Right. That's what I'm (laughs) imagining. Isn't she's in these awful films that somehow get Oscar nominated. I mean, (laughs) I guess good for her, but in the past few years, she's been in The Case for Christ, The Man Who Drew God, which came out last year. I'm sure some of these others, but yeah, she's definitely had a chaotic filmography as of late. But honestly, I would watch The Bye Bye Man for fun. I didn't remember that she was in that, but I haven't seen that. Maybe coming to a future May Dunaway, The Bye Bye Man. (laughs) What's your favorite story that you haven't shared yet? Oh my gosh. Well, there are so many. I'll do a serious one and a funny one. The funny one is that Faye Dunaway was not happy when Hillary Duff did a Bonnie and Clyde photo shoot. The scary thing is that I could almost see a family resemblance between them if there was. Absolutely not. This feud really bothers me and it always has, especially because Hillary Duff said that her fans don't know who Faye Dunaway is Mm. which is probably true like the Disney Channel crowd of that time they're very different yeah it's really funny it's I think some of the funny things about Faye Dunaway you just find out all of these random feuds that exist but (laughs) the the Bonnie and Clyde one is a lot um Mm -hmm. and I understand like a remake of Bonnie and Clyde number one no thank you (laughs) the fact that Hillary was supposed to be in the Bonnie and Clyde remake is a headline alone. Exactly. Apparently, though, like the the whole thing about this feud is that Faye Dunaway apparently said, couldn't they at least cast a real actress? Mm-hmm. She doesn't confirm that she says this, said this, but I bet she probably did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my serious story about Faye is that I really love the story from when she was making Network. And we're not going to be talking about Network because we discussed it on our Letterboxd series. So go listen to that. We talk about the movie and Faye's performance and why I love that so much. But she said that when she was filming, there's a scene when William Holden looks at her and says, Diana, I just want you to love me. And she had a line that she was supposed to say in the script back to him. But Sidney Lumet thought her facial expression was so good that he cut Hmm. and she didn't even need the line. Oh, wow. So I think that really speaks to just like her power as an actress and all how emotive and expressive she can mm-hmm. be just with a look. Totally. That definitely sums up both of these movies as well that we've talked about today. 
next time on Oscar Wilde, we will be celebrating Mother's Day with a few Mother's Day films. One being All About My Mother by Pedro Almodovar, and the other film being Mildred Pierce, an iconic Oscar win for Joan Crawford playing a mother, obviously. So we will talk about both of these movies, and yes, we will be getting back to more May Dunaway later this month. I'm so excited to talk about these movies, and funnily enough, you know, talking about Mildred Pierce and Joan Crawford has a nice little connection with one of Faye's most iconic roles in Mommy Dearest, which we'll be talking about later in May Dunaway. So thank you all for listening. If you like our show, please feel free to rate, review, and follow. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Wilde Pod. And if you really like our show and want bonus content, you can find us at patreon.com slash Oscar Wilde. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.